0: To happy hour with Julie and Liz.
1: So, Liz, I have some good news. Yes, tell me. We always like to start happy hour with some happy news. (laughs) Before it turns (laughs) dark. (laughs) As the country is burning down. Um, But there is light at the end of the riot, which is social distancing apparently has been canceled.
0: It's over. It's over, sister.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know if you you might have noticed. There's just been a subtle change to the social distancing rules this week. It, it, it's not really that easy to detect. So maybe it's you noticed it.
0: I'll give you that. It's certainly
1: <laughs> subtle. <laughs> so, us us idiot Americans who have been lying up uh, six feet apart. Uh, Outside of Walmart and who are going up and down grocery aisles in opposite directions and have not seen family members for weeks and weeks and months um, now look like even bigger fools because those rules not only do they not apply to the rioters, the looters, the vandals, the arsonists, and just the general protesters, the experts now are explaining why the rules are different.
0: Well, if anyone's still listening to the experts at this point, I don't I don't know what to tell them. I think that's the bigger problem, um, although it is it is kind of hard to have the media and the media really are the people propping the experts up to issue directives for us to modify our behavior for them to portray these scientists who now have modified their behavior scientific opinion that somehow the virus isn't doesn't infect social justice warriors and but everyone else it does so you know like if you're going to church on a Sunday or perhaps Easter you are in danger but if you are going to an auditorium for a a funeral or I don't think it was a funeral proper I guess it was like a, a
1: memorial a
0: memorial then without masks also singing loudly we were told remember not to talk loud because the mm-hmm. virus droplets will migrate up your nostrils and kill you and now i'm looking at this memorial and half the people in it who are sitting right next to each other singing loudly and i'm thinking is this is this happening I'm, actually, i actually was getting filled with rage at <laughs> it i really was
1: so well it's yeah. just Just wait two more weeks until we find out (laughs) what happens to all the congregants because they're going to be really. It's going to be bad. Well, what's going to
0: happen if nothing happens in two weeks, which is probably the case? Then what's going to happen?
1: Well, I'd like to get to that in a moment. We will talk about your favorite person, (laughs) Scott Gottlieb, and hopefully, we will (laughs) (laughs) not. Um. So, so yeah. So, and. We can laugh, but look, there are so many heartbreaking stories around the country of people who have lost loved ones who have had children in the hospital sick and dying, who have been prevented from either attending to their sick family members, their elderly parents in nursing homes, and certainly unable to bury their loved one and hold any kind of funeral for them. So, it's this it, it's a heart it, it's an infuriating uh, situation where you see the optics from yesterday and this whole week and think of what people have gone through the past almost three months and how all of our experts are not just silent but are supporting this I mean wh- I, I don't know did you Liz see uh, Anthony fauci on CNN this week uh, no. shaming a protest wow. I was
0: waiting I was waiting on Sunday I was ready to go. I had on – I was in front of my big television, my cats, and I had my cable clicker ready to go from channel to channel because I expected Fauci to do a clean sweep. You know, all the shows on all the networks with Tapper and all the clowns shaking his finger, telling people, you better stop because this is going to kill you. And you know what? That did not happen. That did not happen. So – I have to say I'm I'm disgusted. I'm angry. I mean, I want to make fun of these people. And I do. And we do. And you know that. But I am furious. The same amendment that gives people the right to go air their political grievances, have the right to 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 religious observant and religious exercise. And there were law enforcement officers writing down license plates of people who were in a church parking lot listening to their clergy on a radio. And now all of a sudden there are thousands of people and we're told you have the right to protest. Oh no, you can do it. We, we have to protect that. But for everybody else, not so much. It's just infuriating. I really hope I'm not the only, or you and I are not the only people that recognize this. I hope that there's a real public outcry. And one other thing I need to mention about our scientist friends who, um, you know, needed to, to, talk about how important it is for people to protest. Um, why? Like, I'm sorry, you're a scientist. Who cares about your opinion on this matter? That It's like, if I mm-hmm. ask them, can you write me a letter about some automotive repairs that I need? That's not your area. You're a scientist. <laughs> it, 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 all these people who, for some reason, and I think we know the reason, feel compelled to just vomit out their virtue un- unsolicited it drives me nuts stay in your lane assholes okay go ahead
1: well on that note um that beautiful <laughs> note i think you nailed it i speaking of verbal vomit here is the open letter from about well i think it's 1300 and counting um, public health experts, infectious disease professionals, and various and sundry uh, credentialed people who sent this letter out earlier this week advocating for an anti-racist public health response. So here's just a few snippets of this. And it's in my piece today um, on uh, American Greatness, greatness.com On April 30th, Heavily armed and predominantly white protesters entered the state capitol building in Lansing, Michigan, protesting stay at home orders and calls for widespread public masking to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Blah, 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 blah. This enraged the experts. They were sad and felt so uh, upset about this. As of May 30th, we are witnessing continuing demonstrations in response to ongoing pervasive and lethal institutional racism. A public health response to these demonstrations is also warranted, but this message must be wholly different from the response to white protesters resisting stay at home orders. This is this is legitimately a letter that that someone who graduated from college (laughs) graduate schools. Right. This is what they are writing. Like you can't. Even so, anyway, Um, infectious disease and public health narratives adjacent to demonstrations against racism must be consciously anti-racist and infectious disease experts must be clear and consistent. White supremacy is a lethal public health issue that predates and contributes to COVID-19. Those are just a few of the highlights.
0: Yeah. You know, again, my response to that is. Just fuck off. I'm sorry for the language, but it it is, it's you. I mean, I, first of all, we don't know why there's a disparity in an ethnic disparity among people who die or afflicted with COVID. We don't know, but as somebody who does know about statistical modeling, it's, it's one possibility is that you're not looking necessarily at race, but you're looking at income, which means that you would see a disparity But among people with from people within different income brackets so that and because you have people who are in lower income brackets that have are in usually in worse health than people in higher income brackets, that's what you're seeing. And you can isolate it out and say that it's just black people, but it's very possible that it's also poor white people and poor Hispanic people and poor whatever. It's just that that's being focused on right now but well, we still don't know why. So to say that it's, again, the famous systemic institutional racism, which is a gibberish word that means nothing specific, um, but it's used to guilt people um, and also will never be fixed. So we'll constantly be struggling against institutional racism as long as necessary for political expedience. Um, you know, I just I just say F you to them. I, I think mm-hmm. everybody needs to just say shut up and not listen to any of this anymore. It's absolutely outrageous that I still can't get my hair colored. My salon hasn't opened yet. And yes, that sounds obnoxious, but it doesn't, I don't care. Um, I have, it. we still have rules in my grocery store. There's still half the businesses on my block are shut. These with that are family owned small businesses. And, you know, I don't care what these scientists say anymore. Um, Related to the quacks that are constantly promoted by the media is the latest hydroxychloroquine study that was just discovered to be a fraud, but also like a linchpin of our public health policy in the last three months. And on the nightly news, um, remember, we were told, well, actually, Neil Cavuto of Fox News literally told everyone that hydroxychloroquine will kill you. That's a quote. It will kill you. And now we learn that it was all quackery. So I think that the scientific community is going to come out as one of the big losers of this whole pandemic.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I hope that people will remember this um, because these experts should have really a lot of them shot their their credibility years ago, especially as it relates to climate change movement. But it, I have to agree with you, Liz, and I, I really have to hope so. And this has to be something that will happen internally within the scientific community. And I think it's going to be necessary because you're going to see a lot of academic institutions pay the price for this lockdown, right? And um, what they've, you know, students not returning, international students not returning here. Um, So, and you're going to see, I think, a lot of grant money drying up, I certainly hope. This is a wish list of the impotent Republicans on Capitol Hill, but there needs to be major reform of government grants going to these institutions who have promoted such bad science. And that would be, you know, one of the paper that you're referring to, which, keep in mind, was not just published in The Lancet which I've had a history of covering some of their bad scientific reporting. But the New England Journal of Medicine published that study.
0: Yeah, that's very disappointing because that is, in fact, a little bit more prestigious than The Lancet.
1: And, you know, if you look at the uh, New England Journal of Medicine the last few months, they are publishing straight up studies right out of China. And these are a lot of non-peer reviewed studies based on data that is untested because this is still an ongoing pandemic and issue. I mean, pandemic, if you want to still call it that. Right. Um, so they, that needs a whole other. So we could just go on and on. But I think in light of the experts, Uh, racist there's no other way to describe that letter it's straight up racism if you are if you are telling one group of people who are white you need to be treated differently than this group of people protesting because they're black it's straight up racism and then you have this paper that was specifically designed to influence policy to discredit the president that was repeated on every major you know cable news network now has been retracted um I mean, this is uh, this is what we get in this appeal to authority climate that we've created in this country.
0: Well, it's an appeal to pseudo authority because it's really not about authority. It's about political expedience. So, you know, you can have we there are people who have equally impressive, if not more impressive credentials, scientists from Stanford, very renowned epidemiologists who were completely ignored. They were completely ignored. So it's actually it's again, it goes back to our credentialing problem on the center right, which is that we don't have our own institutions and the institutions that exist are actually political advocates before they're scientists. So um, it's it's I really hope that this has woken people up who haven't already gotten hip to the fact that. We were getting directives that were inconsistent, contradictory, changing, made no sense, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, six feet, three feet, don't go outside, it's good to go outside, Mm hydroxychloroquine will kill you, no, it won't, maybe, you know, just, (laughs) you know, maybe add zinc in, zinc, was. it'll kill you with zinc, it won't, now we're listening, now we're hearing that, like, a heartburn medicine might help, I mean, you know what, just shut up already it's it's just real cl- cl- clownery but the real loser is the american public because we mm-hmm. just how do we trust anyone there's we want to think that these experts um that we can turn to them when you go to your doctor and your doctor tells you something's wrong with you and prescribes you medication or prescribes you a diet change or says you know you, you need to stop eating this because you're allergic to it you believe them you we, we want to believe these people and now we cannot believe them. We cannot believe them. And then we just get to a place where it's anarchy because we can't believe something coming out of our public health system, especially from our government. It wasn't even just the public health system. It's this is with the government imprimatur. It's this is these are the rules until they're not the rules, which is in two hours where each when we change them. It, 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 it's unfortunate, but it's just part of a larger problem we're having in our society, which is we are losing faith in our institutions. And now you can just put public health right up there next to the justice department.
1: Well, and yes, and we'll get to that, you know, it's as close observers to this, it's interesting to see how all of this is coming together, right? So the lawlessness that we see on the streets, the inability or unwillingness of political leadership, especially Democrats to to, uh, enforce the law, uh, the media enablers, that played out from the guy who... Once ran the most powerful law enforcement law enforcement agency in the world, right? So we can talk about how that kind of dovetails together. But real quick, I want to get to Scott Gottlieb before we get off of this subject. You know, this is the guy guy. who, yes, your favorite. He's Um, such a whore.
0: Like he's such a media whore. Again, like why are you even talking about this? Stay in your lane. Okay, go ahead.
1: And he's oddly uh, transforming himself into a Kardashian. I don't know. <laughs> is obviously, it plastic surgery? <laughs> obviously, whatever med spa he goes to, it also does not have to abide by social distancing because this guy had, is so loaded with Botox and injectables. His face is like twice <laughs> the size it was in March.
0: <laughs> he has that like puffy face that those New York socialites have when they keep like yes. they think that they Over-do. can jack up their wrinkles full of um retinol or something, and their face looks like a pillow. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I haven't uh, seen yeah. him, so okay, you got to check him out. I mean, I so anyway, uh, and you know he stands in his ma- mansion in Connecticut. Pfizer board member, etc. So when he's been confronted a few times in interviews this week directly about the future infection rates due to these protests, he immediately jumps off of that, right? And he is saying, well, we won't really know because even though there's huge protests in Minneapolis and New York City and elsewhere, those people aren't from that area. So there's no way that we can look at the data in two weeks from New York City or Minneapolis or Philadelphia or wherever and, and really distill how these, isn't that amazing? Because wasn't this the guy saying a few months ago that random beachgoers in Daytona were going to go home to the Midwest and kill grandma?
0: I thought they were going to like literally follow around like an animal, the people at the Ozark, you know, that yeah. th- those party goers. And then we saw pictures from the floor Daytona beach. Remember those images with cell phone data showing like where people after they left Daytona all the places that they spread. Remember that image that we saw all over? Look at how far there was like a nice little map of the U S showing us like now they're in Daytona and now they're in your neighborhood poisoning you. Yeah. We got all that. I, I wonder if we will ever see, um, like,
1: yeah, it would be nice to see a map of that. Are they
0: going to contact trace the Antifa members that are blowing shit up? Is is that going to happen? Probably not. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, I wonder, we what's our plan? How about, we just, <laughs> how about we just track all the stolen iPhones well, that they took out you know, of all the Apple stores? That's
0: interesting, <laughs> because as you know, or you may have heard, or you should have heard, Apple has disabled all of the stolen equipment that was from its Manhattan store that was looted. So... They've reported the cell phone serial number to all the carriers, which means it can't be activated. It's basically a brick. Um, But my question is, why not trace it and arrest the people who have them? Are they doing that? I bet they're not. I bet they're not.
1: No, they are not. So... Um, well, let's just hope, Liz, and for the, you know, whatever voice we can use and convince Americans, people who were trying to do the right thing, right, in the interest of what's good for the public, take your masks off. If you're a store owner, open up your store. Don't force your customers to wear masks. You know, tear down this phony infrastructure that Burks and Fauci and Gottlieb have instituted the past few months and uh, nearly destroyed the economy. We actually have some pretty de- semi-decent economic news today, but uh, th- enough is enough. If these, if the protesters don't have to play by the rules and the experts are excusing them game over, we're done. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that there isn't going to be, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think there is going to be a big increase. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. I don't because I don't and I don't think it ever would happen. And I hope that enough people want to know why they can't go to sports games now. Also, um, I expect not a peep about any kind of large Trump rally that's held outside. Um, That's over. I don't want to hear about how we have to vote by mail. Also over. Um, Right. You know, I can't wait. Let's have some sports. Um, Would like to give a shout out to the asshole in Southern California who put all the sand in skate parks.
1: Remember that because
0: mm-hmm. you couldn't go skateboarding because mm-hmm. you were gonna kill people. So um, this is, I, I think this is only furthering people's distaste for and trust in our institutions. And I just think that's so dangerous. I mean, we are teetering right now on the brink of mm-hmm. vigilanteism. Um, and I guess that's a good segue into the the riots which have displaced coronavirus as our uh, reality show on the news. So now we're talking about riots all the time and protests. Um, they're often <clears throat> interchanged. The media likes to call the rioters protesters uh, to give them a pass and say that they're peacefully assembling places when in fact the rioters are in there. They hide among protesters and they, pro- peaceful protesters are pretty regularly um, assaulting the law enforcement that is either corralling them or guarding our national monuments, which have been repeatedly defaced, at least here in Washington, D.C. They are Mm -hmm. spit on. They are cussed at. There's stuff thrown at them. There are firecrackers thrown at them. There are bottles of water. And then, of course, there's some actual street battling with uh, Molotov cocktails and some gunfire Uh, I think there's what, 15 people dead from this, uh, Mm -hmm. so far, uh, yesterday, uh, Attorney General Barr mentioned there's something like 115 law enforcement officers have been, or have been hospitalized. Hundreds have been injured, serious, you know, injured enough to not like, ouch, but injured for, to seek some medical treatment. Um, you know, but these are just, they're just protesters,
1: um,
0: yeah, and, and well, course- there's
1: one good thing out of this, Liz, and you will appreciate this as an avid gun enthusiast, yes. gun sales are through the roof, right? I mean, even personally, I'm talking to friends who have never owned guns, and they are out getting guns this week. Uh, and if they're not getting them, they're, they're figuring out a way to buy them. So
0: well, you live in Chicago, that shouldn't be too hard <laughs> to go get some guns with <laughs> serial numbers sealed off because, uh. Yeah, I'm very glad to hear that. Um, I think it's a good lesson for a lot of people who don't own guns and who have asked me over the years, why do you need an AR-15? And now I can give them an answer, mm-hmm. very illustrated by their own lion eyes, which is this is why you need an AR-15. And that's actually kind of a weak gu- round. I mean, look, don't get an AR-15 to defend yourself unless that's all you can get, but it's kind of small. It's not, it's not, it's not lethal. It's just okay. been fake demonized by the media. But what I do like about all these new people going to buy guns is they get to find out what all the gun laws are now that they keep pretending don't exist, especially the, the liberals. Um, you know, in California, those people are trying to go get guns. You know, LA has seen a lot of unrest and, you know, I'm sorry, you have to, you're going to, they're going to have to wait 10 days for their gun. That's the law. <laughs> 10 days. And I think they're running out of guns. A lot of these stores are running out of guns and people are buying really crappy stuff because they just want to, they just want to have anything to defend themselves. But so I I think it's good. And I think it's good. We have an event like this. So people do understand why the set, why there's a second amendment. And, and especially because it looks like we're going to have to form some kind of militia soon because there's this battle going on between the federal government. And when I say federal government, I mean, Trump. And the states and the governors, especially the Democrat ones who do not want any federal assistance in controlling the chaos and not just the protesters. Because, look, I've protested. I used to protest quite a bit. Um, And I was always very and the people I would go out with and we would hold signs. Our signs were like, God bless America and, you know, things like that Um, and not. F-words or we're coming to kill you white people or whatever that are on the signs we're seeing today. But they were just kind of very pro-America. And we always had a a really good relationship with the cops. There were always law enforcement of some kind around, federal people around, if it was a DC protest. When the cops tell you to move, move. You know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's the problem that we're having is a lot of these people are not there to just literally peacefully protest and hold their sign up. They want to initiate an incident. So they can put it on Instagram and hopefully CNN or MSNBC and Twitter. They want to be heroes. They, they don't want to have a peaceful experience. They want to spit on the cops. They want to, mm-hmm. they want to ignore orders of the Capitol Police who don't really screw around. Um, you know, move. When they say move, you need to move. And so you mm-hmm. have during the day pe- more or less peaceful Experiences and during the night, it's just like a free for all. And the state and the local mayors, who are Democrats, do not want the feds to come in and help them. What do you make of that? I mean, it's absolutely crazy.
1: Well, I think in this we can get to the Tom Cotton uh, op-ed that the New York Times is apologizing for. But I think yeah. that <laughs> I think a back I think a backstory to people buying guns is not just that they're afraid, but they see their police whatever police departments, especially in these inner cities, being told to stand down by their leaders and that the police are not only doing that, you're actually seeing police officers get down on one knee. Yeah. I mean, and I, you know, some people make the argument that the cops are doing that to tone down the situation, which they very well could be. Right. So I'm not in that situation. I'm not a police officer. I'm not a huge police fan. <laughs> I'm so I mean, I, I've had my own issues with them. But um, so I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. But the optics there are horrible, not just that you are submitting to demands of mostly lawless people, but um, you are also telling the people Lawful people, right? People who are paying taxes, who are trying to defend their homes and businesses and properties and families. That I will take a knee to the mob and put you at risk. That's that's the message I'm taking away. That's why I think people are buying guns. Who can you can't rely on anybody. The government to. The military now, who is also bending knees, you see that all over the place, you can't rely on them to defend you. You really shouldn't anyway. But now we know it's every man for themselves now.
0: People see that their livelihood is easily used as collateral damage to like quell the unrest. So it's like, look, if we have to burn down some restaurants and some businesses to just let these people get it out of their system, then that's what we have to do. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that goes to what you're saying is that they're not only standing down, it's just, they have no regard for all of the people whose tax dollars have subsidized like downtown areas and Mm -hmm. pay for common areas that is just getting utterly destroyed. In addition to having their own safety threatened, um, you know, there are, there has been rumors that some of these malefactors are going to head to the suburbs, um, and then what, you know, then what's going to happen? Well, I mean, well you, I mean, yeah, you're in a better situation than most people um, like just because the chances are almost any elected official in a city or near a city is a, is a liberal Democrat who's going to be like, look, let him. What was it? What did the mayor of uh, Baltimore say? Give them the space, you know, to burn down right. the city. But anyway, go ahead and make your point, because I know it's a good one.
1: It is. I mean, it's going to be brilliant, but here, (laughs) okay. First of all, the people, the wealthy people in the city of Chicago are not in the city of Chicago right now. They are at their summer homes, right? Or they are hiding out in the suburbs, or they're up at their lake houses in Wisconsin or Indiana or Michigan. They are not in the city of Chicago, right? So that's what they do. Um, in my suburb, which is about almost 60,000 people, it's not a small suburb um, and it's accessible from the city. We had a bunch of people infiltrating here on Sunday. Um, our police chief is tim mccarthy the secret service agent who took the bullet for ronald reagan so he is not messing around and they locked this town down right away they had cops everywhere they had cops in riot gear they used snow plows to close off our malls and strip malls um all the businesses shut down people were out driving around looking for suspicious cars and so in my town of orland park in my suburb there's not one broken window not one I go, you go out to some of the other suburbs, and that they. And what's sad is, especially the lower income, mostly minority suburbs in the south, they got hit. Um, and those are the people, of course, who can least afford it. Um, so, at any rate, you do see that disparity. But that's why I live in the suburbs and never wanted to move to the city of Chicago. So that's my well, brilliant point.
0: I think we're going to see when I when when I mention vigilantism. We're going to see people start to protect their own stuff. We saw some of it already where people were standing in front of their stores in Minneapolis, trying to stop mm-hmm. even some of the people were even spray painting on the wood. Like this is a black owned business. Like I.e. don't torch it. Um, I guess w- what else are they going to do? I hope that helps. I don't know. It doesn't seem like these people care whose business it is, but people are going to protect their neighborhoods and, and because they want to be protected and it doesn't seem like the police are up to the task because they're under fire. These p- elected officials are very skittish about having the police put their foot down because they're pro- the people protesting claim that they're po- protesting police brutality. Um, I don't know if you saw that Saks Fifth Avenue on Fifth Avenue has actually hired private security to stand in front of their store. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: And so I feel like... You know, this is a good time for for us to, or it seems like it's going to be a topic of discussion because a lot of headlines today about different cities that want to get rid of their police force. Um, we in Minneapolis, we've had um, Keith Ellison's son. Keith Ellison is a friend of Antifa's, um, and his son have said they're going to dismantle the police force. We have Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, say that he is going to. Um, cut the police budget by $150 million. And so I, I am okay with that. I think we, if your city doesn't want a police force, that's great. You, then no police force for you. My city, I will be living in a city that does have a police force and you don't come to my city with a police force and think you can do the non-police force activities. I mean, how long is a city going to last if they don't have a police force? I mean, you, every business right. is going to pull out of there in five seconds. I, you, you would know about the details of better because I think this happened in Chicago. Wasn't? Didn't someone go crying to your awful mayor about how they tried so hard to get wall, a Walmart in their community and now the Walmart was like pulling out or something? That was in somewhere yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, that's right.
1: That's, that's right. I that's mean, there. <laughs> But look, and that's what has to happen, and this is why I object to um, the idea of sending the military into these cities. If if there's going to be any change, and this is doubtful, um, it has to come from within, right? So you have to have aldermen, let's say, in the city of Chicago who want to defend— the city who want to defend their residents, the business owners there, the businesses that they're desperately are trying to bring in. Um, they're the ones who have to stand up and defend their, these people have to defend their own cities. So let's get to um, pivot to the Tom Cotton column that is now uh, the New York Times is apologizing for. And Tom Cotton is an advocate of sending the military or, or uh, not sending authorizing, but having encouraging option, the president. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. So he wrote an op-ed of explaining why. And apparently this made uh, the New York Times people in the New York Times uh, newsroom and editorial board very, very sad. And so Triggered. they're now apologizing. <laughs> Trigger warning. <laughs> and it was funny. Cotton last night was uh, was kind of trolling them on Twitter. Like, hey, is everyone okay at the New York Times? So Do you guys need a binky? You need a pinky. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just like,
1: uh, yeah. You,
0: you know what? I'm sorry. Just a quick detour. So here is the New York Times. The, there, There's some literal war going on that we heard about from Vari Weiss on Twitter where the young uns can't handle the uh, dissenting views. And the older ones are a little bit like, wait, we're our, we're for free speech, right? Um, that tension. But the, these young people are flipping out. They're absolutely bananas. And yet the media is the one fomenting a violent civil war and violence. Yeah. What are mm-hmm. how are these people going to protect themselves when the violence comes? Right. The, the, the right. you're looking at a group of people that are women, OK, or morbidly obese, a la Brian Stelter, also known as Tater, um, and then very <laughs> effeminate men. Are you seriously asking for violence? Who's going to protect you? I don't know. I'm sorry. I just find that a funny, funny image. But yes, so poor Tom Cotton, who wrote an op-ed, whether you agree with him or not, apparently some places, mostly on the center right, a few of them, because not every outlet on the quote right would would you know allow that to be printed, but the New York Times printed a sitting senator's um, op-ed and is up in arms because he did not like what it said and so whatever I mean I I, I just all I have is a gesture for these people but go ahead Julie. <laughs> go ahead Julie that's all I can say
1: speaking of that gesture let's get to Rod Rosenstein Rosenstein oh Stein um, so the former he, let's just he call was him
0: Rod let's just call him Rod because I don't know I, I'm Jewish and I'm not even sure i to
1: pronounce his last name I and mean, he's one All of right, us let's so call him Rod. <clears throat> let's call him not hot rod so um rod rosen rod rod r um he <laughs> ran he ran the department of justice right so jeff sessions cowardly recused himself from anything related to russia and uh hamstrung uh president trump in the white house rod rosen rod r ran the <laughs> department of justice and um it, we can get into the details of what he did but he testified before the useless senate judiciary committee finally on wednesday <clears throat> and um you know it's he just lives he, he just didn't know what was going on he just He was fooled by Andy McCabe and Peter Strzok. And, you know, he just he was just kind of there. He can't be responsible for signing an unlawful FISA warrant against Carter Page that called him a foreign agent of Russia. He can't he did. He didn't really mean to sign to appoint Robert Mueller special counsel. He was just told to do that. And he really was kind of hoodwinked into writing another memo in August of 2017 that expanded Robert Mueller's uh, power. Powers, which, of course, nearly toppled the Trump presidency and took down many innocent people in the process. So he just he, I, we feel sorry for Rod R, Right. I, I don't even
0: I, 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 I have to say I, it, it just was jaw dropping to watch him testify with his I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. Like I was brief, but not not brief that much. So I didn't read it. I mean, I read a a little, but what, well, you know what? What is it you say you do here, Rod R.? What was he doing? We needed the two
1: bobs there. What, what, what? What (laughs) from Office Space, right? What was he do? What did he do? What did he do if he wasn't
0: making sure that very serious, powerful, federal government tools were not being used were not being abused then what what is his responsibility and the the more frustrating part of it is that the jokers in the senate which is just were like oh, okay oh, right okay <laughs> okay
1: well lindsey graham kept giving him like a a wink wink like you know Rod R you didn't really know it was that mean Andy McCabe I mean when you're in a situation where you have to pick between Rod R and Andrew McCabe uh, where do you go like what who do you pick but um, the idea was and I even saw commentators on Twitter people I really respect and actually trust on the subject more than myself who were I don't want to say defending Rod R., but basically trying to pin this all on Andy McCabe. There's no... I don't care if Andy McCabe lied to Rod R. He was the guy who put the signature on the page FISA renewal after everybody knew uh, there was a FISA on Carter Page, right? The Washington Post reported it in April of 2017. Rod R. signed a renewal after that.
0: He signed it when the pre- to spy on the president. Like, well, the, right. he was president, not even... he continue to sign it's absolutely unbelievable and here's the thing to remember this isn't just some random paperwork this is part of a much larger operation this was an operation and the operation didn't come from some from some lower level nothings or even andy mccabe it had to come from the top this this is not some rogue agent or rogue people that went off the reservation. This is the reservation. So there's no way that Rosenst- rod R. Ha- didn't know what, what was going on. He's going to get a pass. I mean, I, I'm not optimistic any of these clowns are going to be held responsible for any of this. And you know what? It served its purpose. It was to derail Trump from, you know, distract him and distract the public and then drag it out. And here we are. Almost four years later, and what are we doing? We're finally having hearings in the middle of rioting and a pandemic. Right. So most mm-hmm. people aren't paying attention. Most people don't even remember what the hell's going on because this is such a complicated story with a bunch of characters and actors playing out on many different theaters. And so now we're going to have hearings. Lindsey Graham, who is almost mm. just like a crisis actor. I mean, this guy is <laughs> of no of no value <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Seriously. And so what's happening? Like, they're just he's Rod's going to go in there. I knew a little. I didn't know a lot. And they're like, OK, that's fine. I will say one thing. I will give him mm. this one tiny morsel of praise is that he called Dick Durbin on some serious shit. Do you mm. remember when Dick Durbin yesterday read or pretended to read from the Mueller report that mm-hmm it said that the report read that um, the Trump campaign knowingly and expected Russian help. They knew the Russians were interfering and they expected to to benefit from from this help. And Dick Durbin was reading off a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And the way it looked is that he was reading from the Mueller report. So Rod Rosenstein or Rod R, I don't know why I keep slipping up, (laughs) Rod R said, what page is that? And he goes and opens up his own copy of the Holy Bible Mueller report, and he's like, <laughs> "I don't see that." And Durbin again repeats, reads off his paper, his fake Mueller report, and reads off this long quote where he's trying to get Rod R to admit or agree that the Trump campaign knowingly w- welcomed and expected to benefit from Russian interference, and Rose and Rod R would not give it to him. He kept going, I'm not seeing it here on these pages. What pages is it? And Durbin said, Oh no, it's right here. This is what it says. And he goes, Oh, I don't see it. And then Durbin mumbled. Well, I'll, I'll just have to find it and get it to you later. Yeah. So for that one thing, that was just a little happy interlude right there where he was either. I don't know if he's smart enough at this point. I don't know if he can tie his shoes, but he, he, he got hip that he was being he was either he was he got hit to he was being exploited or he was just dumb and really thought that you know Durbin was reading from the report I don't know I personally t- took just a little bit of joy in that unfortunate exercise
1: well we have to we have to get our jollies wherever we can that's so right it's, that's right uh, if it's a smackdown of Dick Durbin, my hometown senator, um, I'm home state senator. I'm happy with that. Um, so but Liz, this is the problem and this is what happened. So Rod Rosenstein is it uh, Rod R is, you know, smiling and laughing because he knows he's going to get away with this. Right. He knows oh, that yeah. signing a fraudulent FISA, presenting it to a secret court that possesses the most powerful weaponry. Uh, surveillance weaponry available in the world. He's going to get away with it. So he's smiling, goofing for the cameras. Lindsey Graham is praising him. So anyway, that was kind of a disaster. But yesterday's hearing was a follow-up when the Senate Judiciary Committee was scheduled to vote on about 50 subpoenas of Obama-era perps, the Obamagate uh, accomplices, And, uh, compel their testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee, you know, only what a year after the Mueller report comes out, you know, two years, almost it's been 18 months since Lindsey Graham has had the reins of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Before that, it was Chuck Grassley who also did nothing but send letters, um, But so because they delayed this and it is not a priority for most Americans, the Democrats really successfully hijacked the committee yesterday, turned this into, why are we worried about this? The country's burning down. We need to, we're at the Judiciary Committee. We need justice reform. We don't need to subpoena, you know, Samantha Power. Um, And so what happens, Lindsey Graham folds cake like a cheap rod R suit and now the vote is delayed until next thursday which you know what that means liz this is over yeah it's done put a fork in it um but there was an interesting moment yesterday and that is ben sass who probably and this is a tie least favorite republican senator she's so Um, useless I mean well, Liz, that's insulting to useless. Like Lindsey Graham is is useless, right? I mean, it's he's Marco actor. Marco Rubio useless. Okay. Ben Sass takes uselessness to a whole new level. After not even bothering to appear to the Rod Rosenstein Rod R testimony on Wednesday, Sass drags his lazy ass, his lazy sass to Senate <laughs> Judiciary Committee yesterday. Raised is no issue at which he has not said one word about Russiagate, Fisagate, Obamagate, whatever you want to call it. He's not said a word about this in three years. Nothing. He was offended that his precious time was being wasted on the uh, committee yesterday. And uh, do you have the clip? Are we ready to try this?
0: Yes, I'm ready to play it.
1: All right. Let's um, entertain and amuse our listeners with uh, Ben Sasse. Roll the
0: tape. Mr. Mr. Chairman, before you go to Senator Cruz, can we get a sense of how long we're going to be here? Yeah. Because some of us have other committees. And with all due respect, I don't think anybody in private ever disagrees with me when I say it's bullshit the way people grandstand for cameras in here. The reality is if we didn't have cameras in this room, the discussion would be different. The Senate doesn't work. It doesn't diffuse the partisan tensions. They're leading the country toward dissolution. I'm for transparency, I'm for print reporters being everywhere, I'm for audio transcripts being everywhere. But ninety percent of our committees are about people trolling for sound bites. That's what actually happens. So some of us have other work to do. People can troll for sound bites whenever they want, but can we at least have a sense of when we're gonna take our votes so people can come back?
1: Yes, Senator Sass, I don't think they're trolling for sound bites. I think they're genuinely upset with what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, that was that was just awesome. Yeah, no,
1: Ben this is Sass had, yeah. Many, had many other things to do yesterday. What? We don't know.
0: What does he um, do? No, seriously. What is a day like in the life of Ben Sass? What What was he doing? Has he done any legislation? Right now, he's supposed to be social distancing in D.C. Um, I don't know what other work he's doing. And God forbid he do the work of the taxpayers to find out how they're um, <clears throat> The tools that they've paid to for to fight terrorism have been used in a political battle. I'm sorry, that's too much for you, Ben Sass. Um and then the well, nerve Liz, of like sound you, bites. They're trying to get sound bites. Oh, not like this, right? <laughs> not like what I'm doing, like me right now.
1: <laughs> not me saying bullshit was was, I know. was the only quote that came out of the committee. But Liz, he was very busy earlier this week when he wrote a statement like on Twitter condemning, condemning on Twitter. No, Well, apparently, well, he probably gave it to a staffer. He wrote a very strongly worded statement condemning the president for his photo op at St. John Church and specifically his use of the Bible, as Ben Sass called it, the word of God. Do not politicize the word of God, because, of course, no. No politician ever leverages the Bible or any verse from the Bible or religion to prove, you know, what great people they are. So Ben Sass was, he was, you know what, he was tired. He was so tired after writing that statement that he could not be bothered with helping uncover the biggest political scandal in American history.
0: I just remembered when you were <laughs> talking about Senator Sass's um, sensitivities to the use of the Bible. Do you remember when Bill Clinton after he got caught with Monica Lewinsky and then there were all these like fake candid photos of him carrying around like a Bible. Do you remember that? I don't know. It's like
1: wasn't every, it a sticky Bible? I think it was, it was sticky.
0: It was a, one of those black and yellow books called Bible for Dummies. No, but every president has photo ops. They all almost everything every time you see them is virtually like a photo op. So this pearl clutching over Trump b- basically showing dominance by walking to the church in the city that these insurrectionists have tried to burn and destroy. I don't know. I think a lot of people liked it. Ben Sass, not so much. I wonder how the people in Nebraska feel about Ben Sass. I don't know. Didn't he just win a primary? That's too bad. He Maybe he feels like off the leash now, like he can be himself now that he's gotten the uh gotten the GOP nomination for Senate, which he'll probably win. I mean, there's some good person would would come up with a pack, fund a pack that basically goes around and primaries every one of these stinking assholes yeah. like Ben <laughs> yeah. Sass. Yeah. Really. And so I see earlier today the president tweeted that he was going to campaign against Lisa Murkowski, another useless piece of shit um, in the Senate. And, you know, there needs to be a pack that just goes out and finds legitimate candidates who want to don't complain about their job because it's too much, you know, like poor weary Ben Sasse. How old is he, like 38? I mean, shut up. There are people that are like 90 that manage to wheel, you know, manage to have their staffers wheel them into the hearing so they at least (laughs) appear like they're engaged in the process. And this like 38 year old, it's just too much. Bullshit. I have other things to do
1: diane feinstein looked spry compared to ben sass yesterday like ben sass was disheveled <clears throat> he couldn't even be bothered to like have a suit coat on his hair was all messy diane feinstein is like taking off he was shit probably in, the in street. 2007
0: sass was probably with the protesters in front of the white house and that's why he was so tired it's like oh you kind of smell like like pot patchouli and like you know,
1: gasoline. What were you been Ben <laughs> Smoke at? bomb and a smoke bomb, <laughs> and
0: like, and like pepper <laughs> spray. <laughs> What's going on? No, but seriously, even Nancy Ugh. Pelosi, who's like at least eighty, you know, she is traipsing around the hill in her in heels. Even she's not even wearing like I think diaphy my wear orthopedic mm-hmm. shoes. I don't blame her. You know, she is she's also up there. But Pelosi's out there. I mean, she's she's like Satan, but she's still. She looks like she's engaged. Poor Ben Sass. He's just like, oh, I, I had a long night throwing Molotov cocktails at the Secret <laughs> Service because I hate Trump. What a joke. I hope
1: that face covering worked of the no. Husker <laughs> football he has, team. Like, I he hope nobody has, ID'd me.
0: He has, like, <laughs> indentations, like, for the goggles. So, he get like, he was, you know, like, he comes in with those indentations because he's wearing goggles to, for, to keep his eyes from the pepper spray. No, I'm just kidding. That's
1: horrible. It's, it's not okay, horrible. Okay, but. But you're right. So Ben Sass has been I, and I've covered him for the last few years. Uh, he um, is a, was a very vocal anti-Trumper. In fact, some people were suggesting that he should primary Donald Trump. Of course, that would be require too much work. So that was a no. He's been very quiet the last several months. The Nebraska primary was May 12th. He won that. And now he's the usual Ben Sass unleashed uh, once again. So. But look, he's just symbolic of the overall disappointment with the Republican Party for the most part. Um, You know, Chuck Grassley tweeted out yesterday that he wants an investigation into the firing of the two uh, inspector generals. Yeah. Michael Atkinson, like they absolutely refuse to use their power. They're uh, so committed to pleasing the Democrats and pleasing the media. They're afraid that, you know, they're going to get Bad press coverage if they actually do their jobs, so they don't. Um, and so, if they lose, which they should lose because they don't know how to use power, um, I think this week it would would be kind of a turning point in how dismally they've performed.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. I don't. It, it's it's amazing that the people have been duped for so long into thinking that their representation is actually representing their interests. But, you know, people weren't really watching the hearing yesterday um, and Ben Sass's big, you know, performance because, you know, they were probably worried their neighborhood was going to get burned down um, or they were watching the riots or they were worried about catching this virus. So people are not paying attention to this. And Ben Sass gets his video clip <laughs> that he wants and Lindsey Graham and all these other losers on this committee can say, well, we 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 talked to Rosenstein or Rod R. We we did it just so mm-hmm. they can check it off. And when no people get uppity and want to know, hey, how come no one's getting punished for this treachery? We had we had a hearing. We we, we had a hearing. So, you know, a pox on all of them. It, it's just mm-hmm. this part of a much larger um, problem. You know, the Senate is really status quo. For the Republicans, the Democrats are very active. They don't do anything without explicit political benefit to their party. Whereas the Republicans don't do anything if it has a specific political benefit for their party. So it's just a it's just a nightmare, a pox on all of them.
1: Well, let's give a quick shout out. For, let's end on a happy note okay all right here we are well i mean we really are um let's give a shout out to senator ron johnson the republican senator from wisconsin head of the senate homeland security committee who um uh, his committee uh, authorized subpoenas to uh, various and sundry obamagate conspirators um <laughs> send subpoenas to the fbi state department odni for russian Russia probe documents testimony from Jim Comey John Brown and Samantha Power uh, Susan Rice etc so um, that could be theater as well Um, but he and he also was uh, threatening to subpoena well I think he did subpoena the documents was it Blue Star Strategies related to the Burisma Hunter Biden so um, you know maybe he'll come, come through at this point we'll just take anything i suppose
0: yeah beggars can't be choosers um, we are such beggars it's true this is disgraceful anyway that's the end of our very happy hour thank you so much for listening we will be back next week assuming that our neighborhoods haven't been burned down and looted <laughs> have a great week stay safe and we'll see you next time thanks for listening to happy hour with julie and liz we'll see you next week